the Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Now, back to the Kelly Truth Squad. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly. And uh, wow, this show has taken a strange turn. <laughs> but, uh, but you know what? That's, I think, why our show is so, so powerful and so dynamic is that people uh, know, people never know what to expect. Absolutely, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, I, um, I, I can walk the walk, but I, apparently I can't talk the talk. You know, I mean, you got a lot of politicians who can talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. Yeah. Whereas I am endlessly walking the walk. And for some reason, I just have not been able to master the talk of the talk. Well, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm working on it. But uh, I'm trying to do more than just talk the talk or walk the walk. I am going to run the Chicago Marathon, damn it. And uh, <laughs> what the hell was that? And I'm trying to get some. Uh, I'm trying to get some people to support me in this because I'm doing it for charity. Okay, like like most things in my life, I, uh, charity. Um, anyway, uh, just go if you want to support me in my uh, my uh, my quest to run the Chicago Marathon. Go to active.com and um, and then uh, search Crossroads Runners. Okay, 12, the number 12, because it's 2012, backslash Go Bill Kelly. Go Bill Kelly. Go Bill Kelly. Okay, and uh, make a contribution and support me in that. Uh, support me in that, if you would, please. So, uh, and, and, and by in doing so, support the variety of charities. Okay, don't support me, because it can't be about me, okay? It's not about me. It's about the charities. Um, primarily, Old St. Pat's Church has a career center for people who are unemployed. And by and uh, and uh, the longer we have Bill, uh, well, not Bill Clinton. Uh, yeah, I'm starting to be like Pat Buchanan now. <laughs> I'm stuck in the 90s. But um, the longer we have that uh, Barack Obama in the White House, then everybody's going to be unemployed. You know what I mean? That's cool. And uh, the only people who are really going to have a thriving business are these career centers. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's what we should do. That's what we should do is start a career center. That's how we're going to make the money. But uh, but anyway, um, okay, so we have, uh, actually, we have a lot of other issues. And uh, they all, oddly enough, all of the issues that we care about now, direct elections, um, getting rid of Pat uh, Brady as chairman of the Illinois Republican Party, getting the Obama bundlers out of the Republican Party and the Cicero uh, hustlers, and giving the Republican Party back to the Illinois Republican Party back to the people, to the voters, right? So that we have some hope of turning this country around. All of those things that we're currently involved with all involve one man, oddly enough. <laughs> this, is how, this is how this whole thing is. And it, it just happens to be a friend of mine, and he has his own theme song, and it goes something like this. People, let me tell you about my best friend. He writes Republican News Watch, and his name is Doug Ibendahl. <laughs> Doug, you, are Bill. you there? <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for all the great work you're doing. I'll, I'll withhold judgment on the theme song, but um, I appreciate it. Oh, hey, I've been practicing that all day. <laughs> I've been practicing that instead of preparing for the show. <laughs> but, um, you know what? Everything happens for a reason. That's what I like to tell myself. But uh, anyway, now you are the man that actually knows something about the issues of which uh, I'm talking about here, right? 
uh, direct elections. This is this is really has been your uh, your pet project for my God longer than I'd like to uh, remember. Yes, and um and. Uh, you know, a lot of people are finally waking up to this issue, and I was for I was violently woken up to this issue when I ran for committeeman of the 42nd Ward on uh, March 20th of this year because Pat Brady, the chairman of our party, uh, used state party funds to uh, to attack me in my campaign. And I and again, it wasn't just me; it was uh, Senator Lauschen that he did this to. It was Don Manzullo that also. Uh, uh, um, you know, his, you know, career as, a, as, you know, the only really great conservative congressman uh, from the state of Illinois was brought to an end as a result of uh, the, uh, this, uh, this uh, Pat Brady and his Obama bundlers. And, um, and what's the, what's the, what, what is the recourse? What, what can we do now uh, to hold these people accountable? Nothing, because we don't have direct elections. The Democrats in the city and in the state of Illinois have direct elections, um, but uh, but the Republicans don't. And, and Bill, maybe we yeah. should clarify with direct elections who we're talking about uh, directly electing. We're talking about the 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 people who run who who manage the Illinois Republican Party, sort of the board of directors. It's called the State Central Committee. There's one person from each congressional district, and these are. This really is the state party. These are the people that run the party. You're supposed to oversee it, but they're doing nothing. We've got a system now. The way they're selected, it's only the good old boys who get a, a say. They're completely unaccountable to Republicans. Um, Republicans have the, the right to directly elect for um, almost 100 years. And then this right was taken away from us by the party bosses in 1988. And this state has been, ever since we took the the Republican Party away from Republicans. Illinois has been a blue state. It's yes. remarkable. Okay, now what you just said should be enough for everybody to understand what the problem is, and the consequences have been are undeniable. Okay, we have uh, nothing but one-party rule. We have uh, uh, Democrats raising taxes, corruption through the roof, um, and uh, and the Republican Party is a joke. Is a joke. To the to the to the media to the to the uh, to the Democrats and uh, it's a cruel joke obviously to the republic the people who actually believe in the Republican Party platform and want to see it uh, enacted um, but uh, the problem is that I think that it's still very very unclear to the average Republican why first of all uh, that what what we're talking about is their right to directly elect people from the state central, uh, the, the, the state central committeemen. Um, what we're saying is we want these state central, first of all, who are the state, state central committeemen? Let's break it down so everybody understands exactly what's going on here. Who the, are they? The, the, the state central committee is, is basically like the board of directors um, that a corporation has. This, and in the political context, the state central committee, the Democrats have a state central committee, and so does the Republican Party in Illinois. This is this is basically the board of directors that runs the Illinois Republican Party. They're the ones and, who call for the convention, for example. Yes, they, they're they run, the ones they, they, who are on the committee uh, to uh, decide what is in the Republican Party platform. So that's that's part of it. They oversee, the, but they also oversee the day to day. They're they're the this committee is the only committee that um, these are the people, just like a board of director does. They pick the state chairman. 
So, yes. So to get better people, to get, you know, so we stop, you know, get rid of these <clears throat> horrible chairmen like Pat Brady who don't know what they're doing. We've got to have a, a, a better state federal committee because okay. they're the only people who choose the chairman. Right. And so we keep getting these bad state chairmen because we have a bad state central committee. So by direct elections, what you mean is that the people who sit on this committee should we we as voters, Republican primary voters, anyone who requesting a Republican primary ballot should see the names of these candidates on the ballot and should be able to choose um, among, you know, hopefully more than one candidate for to to represent them on the state the state central committee. That's right. It's a, it's, a, it's a party office as opposed to a public office. And just like just like the voters in the forty second ward of Chicago had the privilege, the opportunity to to vote for Bill Kelly for ward committeeman this year. Um, this would be an even bigger job. You would have the when you when you went in to vote every four years, you would see there would be a ballot spot for your state central committeeman, your representative at the Illinois Republican Party. Right okay. now, you have no say in who this person is. Most most Republicans right now have no idea what the state central committeeman is, what the state central committee is. They have absolutely no idea or what they do. There's a very good reason for that because. You never get a say in choosing the person, and, and the person who has that job never has, a, never has a reason to reach out to you or to talk to you. Right, and there's no accountability. So if, for example, you're a candidate and uh, the party, you know, the chairman of the Illinois Republican Party um, has just, you know, misspent Republican Party funds attacking you. Now you have a recourse. Now you, now you can call up your state senator committeeman who you, you've elected, who now knows that he or she has to face a real election, now actually has some incentive to listen to you. The, the, Bill, the, the examples you gave of why we need to return to real elections for this committee were, were great ones. You know, this meddling in primaries, that's a great one. I'll give you another one that just happened yesterday. Yesterday in Springfield, 24 Republicans in the Illinois House voted to massively expand gambling. Now, a lot of your listeners may have no problem with gambling expansion, but the fact is the Illinois Republican Party platform specifically opposes gambling expansion. So yesterday, 24, that's a big chunk of the Republicans in the Illinois House, voted with the Democrats to expand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it passed the House. Without those Republican votes, it would not have passed the Illinois House. Um, and not a, not a single person in the State Central Committee says a peep when their platform is blatantly violated. Well, why is that? And, and that is that, and that really is, for me, the real issue, is that as a result of the lack of accountability, transparency, and, you know, this, obviously the, the lack of direct elections is at the, at the center of that, um, we have a situation in Illinois where the Republicans are really just working, colluding with, like, uh, quizzling. You know, we've got, uh, you know, uh, Pat Brady's, like, uh, quizzling over here, colluding with the Democrats to raise their taxes, to, to, to do essentially pass their budgets, uh, do, uh, you know, support whatever, whatever they say, uh, whatever the Democrats want, the, uh, you know, due to the lack of accountability in direct elections, the, the Republican Party essentially just goes right along with it. Our, party, our party's out of control. They wouldn't, we, we don't have any leaders. There, there's no backbone whatsoever. We have no real leadership right now. We have a, we have a system of, of, of picking our party leaders. It has produced no leaders. They won't stand up for Bill Kelly. They won't, they won't even stand up for their own platform when it's blatantly violated like it was yesterday. They won't even stand up for Miss America. When Erica Harold was with the, the best candidate by far was running, was, was, uh, 
was hoping to get, um, was seeking um, to be the replacement on the ballot for Tim Johnson downstate. Harvard-educated, law school graduate, practicing lawyer, former Miss America, unbelievable candidate. She gets put to the back of the bus in favor of a uh, white guy who actually works for Pat Brady for that congressional seat. That was just this past Saturday. And Miss America was trashed right. as part of that process. No one says a peep in her defense. Right. So, essentially, the the Republican Party in Illinois, you know, the party that I, that, you know, kind of am hoping is will be the vehicle for a return to the you know the, the the type of leadership that I believe the state of Illinois needs. Sadly, because of the lack of direct elections and right, there's we don't, exactly we don't have, right, Bill. There, there are two historic things people can do in, in Tinley Park two yes. weeks from tomorrow, uh, June eighth and ninth in Tinley Park. Two wow. historic things. One, they can support Bill Kelly for national committee man, and number two, they can support a return to direct elections and give the, the Illinois Republican Party back to Republicans. There you go. And uh, so, yeah, there it is right there. Because, But if we don't have those direct elections, we, we really essentially don't have a two-party system in Illinois. We don't have a viable Republican alternative. Uh, all we have is a Republican Party that is essentially a money laundering scheme for, <laughs> uh, for, the, you know, for the Democrats uh, to uh, maintain the status quo, which is one-party rule, Democrat corruption rule in the state of Illinois. Um, you, you brought out some other, some, some amazing information when you, when you, un, un, uh, you know, Brought uh, uncovered the fact through Republican News Watch, obviously, uh, that the that the main donors of the Illinois Republican Party are Obama bundlers, the, yeah. the Griffins. Explain mm-hmm. that. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, they they basically they basically bought and paid for the Illinois Republican Party. I mean, they they are they are hugely influential now. I mean, they they've given they are the biggest contributors to the Illinois GOP by far. Okay. Now, somebody, uh, once again, because I have to be in tune with what maybe some some uh, casual follower of, po- of politics, uh, or even a, a very maybe a very interested follower of politics, um, I have to be in tune with what they may, how they may hear that or understand that or read that. The average the average person would possibly say, okay, so these Griffins give money to both Barack Obama and to the Illinois Republican Party. What's wrong with that? They're clearly rich. They have business interests. They're magnanimous. What's wrong with that, Doug? Well, as a, as a Republican, I, there's a huge problem. I mean, which, which, which side are they on? Right. Yeah, I mean, let, 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 me, let me just put this in clear language that, that the average person should be able to understand. When I root for a team, when I go to a game, I typically only root for one team. Exactly. Okay? What kind of a person is rooting for both teams? Not my kind of person, that's for sure. I agree. Although, although I would, maybe, they're, maybe they're figuring whether well, they're, they're funding bad Republicans, so... Okay, now see now, and now we're getting somewhere. Now you are, uh, I I believe, just put your finger on what is truly going on here. They are not funding the Democrats and the Republicans equally. They are overwhelmingly funding Democrats as Obama bundlers in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. But they fund the they they specifically uh, fund the Republican stalking horse candidates in Republican primaries, the ones that they know uh, that uh, that they'll be able to control. 
okay? Um, uh, and, uh, and then that way they guarantee that they um, control both sides of the equation. Now, mm-hmm. I know that that's, you know, I, I'm sorry, but that I've seen it with my own eyes. I don't have to wonder if that's what's going on. I know that that's what's going on. So the question is, um, how do we make that case to the, uh, you know, to Republican primary voters? How are we able uh, to go out and say, look, you know, here's what here's what these Obama bundlers, here's what these Rahm Emanuel financiers, you know, like the Smithbergs that I ran against for committeemen, you know, people who gave ten, while I was while I was challenging Rahm Emanuel's petitions for mayor of the city of Chicago, they were giving Rahm Emanuel ten thousand yeah. dollars. Okay, so you know how much you know what more do what what more should a Republican primary voter need to know about this problem before it just becomes. Uh, you know, reaches the point where it's just, just there, there's no further explanation necessary. Yeah, well, sadly, a lot of Republicans don't care enough, and they're not following enough, and they, they just want to sit around and complain about the Democrats, but they're not doing enough to, you know, fix their own house, and it's it's real tragic, and that's why bad people continue to yes or be, have such influence in the Illinois GOP, because, you know, the so-called good people are just, you know, refuse to engage uh, it's it's so uh, it's it's been an ongoing problem. So it's but, ab- but again, I hate to you know I hate to sound like a broken record. Yeah. But 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 returning to direct elections, I mean, it's not going to solve every problem. But democracy has a there's some magic to it, and 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 um, you know making these people restoring some accountability will will address a lot of these problems. It's not going to it's not going to cure everything. Mm-hmm. But this this direct election reform <clears throat> for our our state party's senior governing board. Well, is a big deal. It's going to, and it, it is the fight. It's already, in addition to the Bill Kelly <laughs> uh, you know, running for national committeeman, which is, you know, has everyone excited. Um, this direct election reform at the state convention is the issue, yes. and it's the fight. It, it is a huge fight. The entrenched interests, the people who 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 benefit from this current system. This is there, there's a reason why this fight's been going on for seven years. Is because the people that are in there, the Pat Brady and, and his puppet masters, the people you know who, who who tell Pat Brady what to do, and Andy McKenna before him, and Judy Bartopinka before him, they do not want to go, and they do not want Republicans to have a voice in their own party. And this is a, this is a huge fight. And if people want to do something, my my advice is, you know, you, you want to beat Obama, get off Facebook, stop sitting around complaining about Madigan and 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 Barack Obama. And get to Tinley Park. Reach out to to Bill Kelly. Go to your website, you know Kelly True Squad. Uh, go to RepublicanNewsWatch.com and, and get the information you need and and help us push this reform. Exactly right. All the information that you need, if you care about the uh, uh, Illinois or the Illinois Republican Party, if you care about taking, you know, I, I've heard people say, and I believe that they are sincere, and I believe that they are committed to this. They want to take their country back. Yes. And I agree. Yes. Thank you. That's exactly right. That's the most important thing that we can do or we need to do in 2012. Take our country back from Barack Obama. But the first step to doing that is we have to take our party back. We have you to take you have a vehicle that's able to do it. Yes. You, you can't enter the if you're going to be in the Indianapolis 500, you can't you can't enter with, uh, you know, the Beverly Hillbillies, uh, you know, truck. I right. Mean, with some jalopy, right? You, we need I to mean, take you, the, this. Is this is a NASCAR race, or I'm, I'm mixing my metaphors, yeah. my, my races? But 
this, this is a, this is a big battle. We do not have we do not have the horses to even seriously compete with with Madigan and Obama in this state. And Republicans need to stop kidding themselves, and they they need to they they'd better start getting serious. And I'm, I'm just so I'm so sick of the pity parties. Right. You know, people sitting around bitching about the, uh, complaining about the Chicago Democrats. Right. Well, let's, let's do something. So, about so it. here's what we can do. First, in order to take our country back, which we can and we will, uh, we need to take our party back. That yeah. process has to begin, uh, and and actually, we have to go a long way towards accomplishing that. Uh, as you mentioned, in two weeks, June 8th and 9th. All the information about how you can go to the Illinois Republican Party convention can be found um, uh, at, at two, certainly, at, you know, uh, go to one or both of these websites. You can go to Doug's uh, RepublicanNewsWatch.com um, and or you can go to MyKellyTruthSquad.com. Find out how you can become a delegate. Find, demand to be a delegate. Uh, educate yourself as to what this direct election uh, issue is all about. Educate yourself about, you know, my campaign for national committee. Um, you know, educate yourself as to why you need to call for Pat Brady to step down, either, uh, uh, you know, as the by resolution or just personally when, when you see this guy. Just say, I, hey. I, I just <laughs> say, you know, you can still build, make sure you tell people you can, you can still go. You should still go to yes. this convention, and you can still go. Even if you're not a delegate, you can still go. That's right. Make uh, your own credentials. You have, unfortunately, you still have to pay fifty bucks. Unfortunately, but it is what it is. But you can still go as a as a guest observer and still support Bill Kelly for national committeemen and support direct elections. Absolutely. Now, here here's a question for you, Doug. What uh, do do you think? Here's what. Here's my fear. Okay, and I and I. I, I, I guess I've, I'm at the, we're at the point now where we have to we can't obviously allow any fear of any kind to, to hold us back. I mean, it's, this is, you know, go time. But, you know, the, the, the fear is that when you get up and you give a speech, even to, you know, a, a friendly audience, a Tea Party crowd or something like this, and you say, OK, here's the problem. The chairman of our party is uh, um, has uh, is basically paying, you know, the is is is. Uh, um, raising money from Obama bundlers like the Griffins um, and uh, and Rahm Emanuel financiers like the Smithbergs, and they are the ones who are calling the you know the tune in our party, and they are the ones who are sabotaging conservative candidates' causes and issues. Now, I you know I have to confess it sounds fantastical. Am I right? Conspiratorial, I guess, would be the the right word to use. That's exactly right. But uh, so yeah, so how do how do we get that message out? Yeah, I guess you just uh, how do you how do you get that message out to to people without having them um, think that you're perhaps um, just um, you know engaging in conspiracy theories? Well, I think a lot of people get it. I mean, I think I think any Republican with two brain cells knows there's a problem in Illinois. Yes, and our, our and our leaders aren't getting the job done. Well, I mean, both anybody, you and, anybody. Both you and Doug have been screenshotting the. Right. Or Federal Election Commission and the State Board of Election Commission websites, it's not like it's right. disputable. Yeah, you, if you go to, you know, RepublicanNewsWatch.com or KellyTruthSquad.com and you click on any of the stories regarding, you know, the, this upcoming convention, Pat Brady, our chairman, direct elections, you can click on all the links. You can see that, uh, that Pat Brady, the only money that he's brought to the party has been from these Obama bundlers. And that's why they are so determined to uh, prevent 
real elections and real reform and transparency and accountability. And that is why we have Barack Obama in the White House today. You know, you know what's really nervy, too, Bill, uh, Matt, is that, that, that Pepperdy still has the nerve to charge people $50 to attend this convention, which, you know, I mean, that's, you know, for a couple, it's like 100 bucks. Um, mm-hmm. My thought is, why doesn't he just launder some more money with his, um, with his Obama bundler friends? Right. Yeah. And, and just let everyone go for free. It's, um, well, you know, all the one thing is for sure is that this is for, for anybody who really does get it for anyone who really does care. Um, this really is, I think the, um, you know, kind of the the last best chance that we have to well, take God back. God bless a- you, Bill, for for running for for national committee man. Um, that's that's the other, that's one of the other big things that will happen at this convention. We'll uh, elect the national committee man, national <laughs> committee woman. These are the these are the the representatives from Illinois who who represent the Illinois GOP at the at the national party at the RNC. So these are these are two with with Pat Brady. These two spots will be picked at this convention. Unfortunately, Bill. Unfortunately, Pat Brady's uh, position isn't up uh, until 2014. Unfortunately, he needs to be pushed out. But God bless you, Bill, for standing up and running for that. And you will have Friday. I know a lot of people, you know, won't be able to get off from work, but you'll have the opportunity as a candidate for that job to um, you'll, you'll have a chance to speak in the committee hearing on that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Well, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it too. I'm, uh, you know, I, I think we definitely have enough to to fill whatever you know five minutes that they give me to speak, uh, and um, you know, and who knows, you know, maybe maybe we have done a better job than we think we have of getting bringing these issues out to the public's attention. Maybe we can get enough conservative groups or Tea Party groups to send uh, these links around to their membership. And uh, and if in fact now now the parliamentary little trick that they play uh, when it comes to this uh, uh, this uh, national committeeman uh, uh, election is they they will they they have a committee that will then uh, again an unelected committee so to speak uh, that will then uh, um, nominate the candidate of their choice to be national committeeman and then they'll bring that to the floor. On Saturday, am I right about that? That's, that's right. And it's not going to be it's not going to be Bill Kelly, unfortunately. But you're you're still doing you can still do a great public service just by being there whoa, and whoa, speaking whoa, truth whoa. to power. Now wait, let me see if I. But here's my strategy, and you tell me if it's if it's if it's uh, a viable strategy or, or a flawed strategy. They will bring a name to the floor, and the, it, yes. you know, So, and if it's a na- any name other than William J. Kelly, we're going to ask people to say no. And yes, then, you do, yes, you can do that. Right. And and that yes, absolutely. And then that will force them to then go back and uh, and uh, and uh, hopefully uh, change their their committee's uh, um, selection to William J. Kelly. Imagine, imagine the floor of the delegation chanting, "We want Bill. We want Bill." Hmm. Wow. But, but, but yeah, you've got a, you've got a tough road to hoe on the Friday in front of the committee because this committee that you that you have to appeal to, guess who they're chosen by? The members of the state central committee that we right. don't get to elect. But 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 you see, and, and I understand that, and so that's why I'm saying what we need here. Okay, we need a miracle. We need like a Hunger Game style, like uh, like miracle to take place here. Okay, a, a miracle of courage and and uh, and bravery and and uh, and uh, strategy. Okay, um, uh, we need. The, the the we need the people who are on the the delegates who are on the floor of that convention on Saturday to hold firm, and to say 
uh, no to any name other than William J. Kelly. That's right. And if they do that, if they hold out, if they hold that line, then um, then uh, then they'll have to they'll have to come back with uh, with my name. That would be historic. That would be that would be a that would be it's 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 that's a it's worth it's worth trying. It's, it, it can it can be done. Wow. Well, it then, can be done. It's it's tough. <laughs> I mean, they, they, a lot of a lot of these delegates that end up going, unfortunately, a lot of them are sheep. Well, but Doug, but, it's, but I'm not, I don't want to throw cold water on it. You're, what you're talking about is a is a realistic, serious strategy. It can be done. Okay, Doug. Is it, is it easy? No, but it can be done. Doug, if that if you say it can be done, then we are going to make it so. Okay, that is what we will do. Vium and vinium. We will find a way or make one, Doug. So, hey, Doug, let's uh, let's uh, let's try to spread the word. Uh, try to make that strategy happen. Let's uh, have one of those Hunger Games style uh, happy endings at the at this Republican Illinois Republican convention on June eighth and 9th. And uh, as always, uh, you are welcome on the show anytime, my friend. Well, thanks, Bill. Thanks again. All right, take care, and we will be back with more Kelly Truth Squad after this. Have no fear. The Kelly Truth Squad will be right back after this. This is William J. Kelly. Now that the U.S. Supreme Court has overturned the Chicago handgun ban, it's time to get ready. Chicagoans are now finally able to keep and bear arms to protect themselves and their families, and it's about time. All you have to do is complete a Chicago certification course at Illinois Gunworks, and that is the only place you need to go. It's easy. I just did it myself. Illinois Gunworks offers the Chicago certification course and a bunch of other training courses with the best experts in town, state certified instructors, the kind of people you want training you. You could spend the whole day at Illinois Gunworks. They carry most brands and can special order any kind you'd like. Just call Illinois Gunworks at 773-889-1114 or visit IllinoisGunworks.com. Illinois Gunworks is located at 7229 West Grand Avenue in Elmwood Park. Make Illinois Gunworks your first stop today. The Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Now, back to the Kelly Truth Squad. Hollywood is known for the uh, for the hard left uh, liberal bias, um, George Clooney would be a prime example of that. Uh, he just had uh, Obama out for a big fundraiser. I think fifteen million dollars uh, was uh, was raised. What what's your uh, what what are you hearing about that uh, fundraiser and maybe some of the inside scoop on what uh, what that was all about? Well, you know, uh, George Clooney. I mean, he's a really great guy. I mean, he's really taken up some causes that, uh, you know, the media and a lot of people, they really don't pay a lot of attention to a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, the tragedies and, and, and the really heinous stuff that's going on in, in Africa. And, it, you know, I, I, I don't understand. I think really that there's something about, and I'm really generalizing here, but the creative mind that tends towards the liberal. And, mm. and you know, of course, all the, the creative minds, they gravitate towards you know, Hollywood and the movie industry and things like that, and it just goes hand in hand. And I personally, I, I don't understand the love affair between, you know, Hollywood and uh, not only President Obama, but just, you know, the, the, the left in general, uh, because these people, you know, especially the ones that are involved in these things, like these monster fundraisers, they're all insanely wealthy, yet they keep saying, well, you know, I'm not taxed enough, and, 
and we got to take care of people and, and, and this, that, and the other thing. And uh, I, I don't get it. There's a disconnect. It's like, why don't they take personal responsibility? And George Sweet does some of this, you know, with his volunteerism and things like that. But you know what? If you want to help the poor, donate money to the poor. Don't, right. don't say, well, the government's not taking enough money for me to help, you know, the poor. It's like, well, bloody hell, just take responsibility. Go find some charities. Go find some homeless shelters and go do it yourself. You know, why, why do you want the government to take more money from people who don't make nearly as much as you? I mean, I, I think charity should come from individuals, not from the government. Yeah, and, you know, it, it is kind of, uh, it is interesting. The, the point that you make is excellent, and that is that these are, that these are the people who are, really, really wealthy, multimillionaires, people who live a lifestyle that the average American couldn't even begin to imagine. You know, I don't think the average American could really even um, comprehend what George Clooney's house really looks like and and all the amenities that he has. And, you know, they, 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 they believe, the sad thing about it is that they believe the PR, they believe the hype, that George Clooney's such a great guy. Look at him. He's out there. Oh, my God. He's practically starving himself. No, he's really not starving, and he's really not suffering. And, uh, and the truth of the matter is that this is a guy who, you know, just has everything handed to him on a silver platter. And then he has, and then he is such a good actor. This is probably the only really good acting that this guy has done in his entire career. Is he's able to then go out and tell the American people that they need to do, they give, you know, more to charity. When, you know, you have, when America's already the most charitable country on the face of the earth in the history of the world. Um, and, uh, you know, we already give more to charity and to the church and to, uh, you know, the poor. And, and then on top of it, uh, we, uh, we're told that we have to give more in taxes. When, when the vice president of, our, of the country, I think he gave, I, I think he gave like uh, minus, minus, uh, uh, you know, dollars to charity uh, on his last income tax. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think, uh, you know, the you know v- Vice President Biden, who you know, who's famous for getting up there and saying they don't get us, they don't get us. Well, what I don't get about Biden is that he's out there saying that we need to pay more taxes to give more money to the poor, and his own tax returns show that he doesn't give any money to the poor. Yeah, what's that all about, Vic? <laughs> Hey, man, I, I, I don't know. I, I really, in, in order to um, keep my blood pressure down, I really do try and avoid politics. <laughs> well, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sitting here. I've got my, you know, I'm going to, I've got my defibrillator, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to rant away. And if you just all of a sudden, like, if we just, he, if you just hear silence for a couple of minutes, then that's just the paramedics working on me. So just, so you just try to, we'll just run a, we'll just run a clip from uh, the Avengers. And uh, when we come back, then, uh, you know, then, uh, then, you know, we'll get your, then you, you just go straight to your analysis and uh i'll uh i'll, I'll just uh, once they resuscitate me i'll just keep talking damn it <laughs> but uh uh bill murray or bill no bill murray well he now he's a great guy to be perfectly honest with you i've met bill murray and uh he's a phenomenal phenomenal funny guy um but uh bill maher not to be confused with bill murray okay in any way shape or form this guy gave a million dollars to obama's super PAC. okay can you even let me ask you a question, Vic? Who can you think of a name of a of a of somebody on the right who is as repulsive, as repugnant as Bill Maher? Who would it be? <laughs> well, I you know because I'm biased, I guess it would be um, hard for me to 
come up with somebody. Okay, so well, okay, well then, well then, let me just say that. Let me ask you this: If there was, let's say, for example, uh, from the liberal perspective, okay, they would probably say someone like Rush Limbaugh, right? Wouldn't that be their need, their answer to that question? Oh yeah, I think they'd probably come up with Could Rush. You, yeah, he's an easy, uh, easy target. Could you imagine if Rush Limbaugh, at the height of the Sandra Fluke uh, episode, gave a million dollars to Romney? What would have been the reaction to that, Vic? Oh yeah, well the, the uh, you know the argument here is that um, Bill Maher is not a political pundit; he's a comedian, which is you know it, it, he's he's a com- he says he's a comedian oh. when he's accused of being a political pundit. Bill I mean, Maher he, would he disagree. Bill Maher would dis- I think Bill Maher himself would disagree with that. Bill Maher would say that he is the one of probably the greatest political mind. Uh, uh, in the history of the world, wouldn't that be? I mean, wouldn't that be Bill Maher's? Uh, well, I think he, no, I think he uses both. I think where it's where it's convenient. I think sometimes he's political and sometimes he's comedian. You know, he's a comedian, and I I think that it's the mix of pol- you know politics and and entertainment that is an explosive mix, and it's hard it's hard time sometimes to separate the two. And I think that's where people start getting unhappy and a- angry and upset is because we don't feel like, and I think, you know, by the way, by the way, that's why I think maybe the Avengers is striking such a chord because I don't think it has those overt political messages that sometimes for whatever reason, Hollywood likes to insert casually as if we're not going to notice them. And I think Americans want, um, we don't, they don't want politics mixed into their entertainment. They don't want to be told what to believe it, what do you, it, Let's I mean, roll that, that Avengers clip for crying out loud. I feel <laughs> and, then, hot. and then let Vic respond to I it. I want to hear what Vic's take is on this. Okay. What have I to fear? The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's mightiest heroes type thing. Yes. I've met them. Yeah. Takes us a while to get any traction. I'll give you that one. But let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod... A super soldier, a living legend, who kind of lives up to the legend. A man with breathtaking anger management issues. A couple of master assassins. And you, big fella, you've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. When they come, and they will, they'll come for you. I have an army. We have a Hulk. Oh, I thought the Beast had won it off. You're missing the point. There's no throne. There is no version of this where you come out on top. Maybe your army comes, and maybe it's too much for us, but it's all on you. Because if we can't protect the earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. You know, that's the speech I'm going to deliver. I'm going to memorize that, that monologue word for word. And that's the speech I'm going to deliver the next time I see Rom. I'm going to say, there is no (laughs) circumstance by which you come out on top. (laughs) Yes, yes, you may be on the cover of Time magazine. And you are being told, you know, tautered as the greatest man, living politician. In Chicago. And you, yes, you may have made the trains run on time. And yes, you, the city looks beautiful and those police look great in their uniforms. But there is no circumstance in which you come out on top. What do you think? What do you think? Well, they, Ron would be, he'd be... Uh, I don't think he'd like that speech from you. He would not like that. No, but you know what? This is the thing. See that? This is exactly why the Avengers are doing so well. What do you think? I mean, this is the kind of speech that everyone wants to give to their employer. They want to stand up on a street corner and they want to give the speech to somebody. Well, what do you think, Vic? Well, you know, I, I mean, it's just a great inspirational speech, and, and it's great for, uh, like you say, it, it's the kind of speech you'd like to give to anybody who's getting in your face or uh, you know, who's <laughs> up in your under. 
Um, but but I, it, again, it, it was just it, it's so apolitical. I mean, you right. can take it in the general sense, like like you were just pointing out. Yeah. And uh, actually, what I'm going to I'm, I'm really curious to see, and I'm sure it'll make a billion dollars. But yeah. I'm really curious to see the reaction to the Dark Knight Rises because yeah. that's the, you know the, the one everybody was anticipating is going to be the big big blockbuster. It's the end of the Chris Nolan. Uh, nice. You know, Batman trilogy, but man, does that movie, based on the trailers, have overtones of Occupy Wall Street? Yes. And I, I'm really, really curious to see how, what, what angle they take towards yeah. the whole thing in the movie, and uh, and how the movie does in general, what the public's reaction do, to. Do, so you, so you sense that too from the trailers, because uh, I also felt a little bit, but I, I you know, I'm, I'm reluctant to voice it because I don't want to overthink it. Sometimes you overthink it, and you see politics where there isn't any. You know? Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I agree. And, and, and again, I don't know. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it could be. I mean, they are showing the guy who's leading, uh, you know, the, the, this apparent movement. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, they are showing him as the, the antagonist and, yes. and, and very, you know, violent and, and, and pretty much evil and, and stuff like that. So right. uh, I, I'm really curious, you know, how the, uh, the, the story will actually play out as opposed to uh, what they're hinting at in, in the trailers. But you know what? Avengers was so feel-good. Yes. That I don't I don't know I'm I'm really curious I mean I, I I'm lousy at box office predictions I refuse to do it I'm, <laughs> so you I'm don't sure want to make any what you don't what no, do you think no you I think... mean I'm sure it's going to make a ton of money just because you know yeah. uh, the, the last movie was so uh, awesome do you um, think it's going to top itself though I'm sorry do you think it's going to top itself um I you know I I think it will because it's the closing chapter yeah um and people are going to want to see it uh, now will it have legs. Will yeah. people go back and see it over and over and over again, like they have uh, the Avengers? Right. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, no. So, so this uh, the this uh, Batman movie's already been filmed. Oh yeah, no, that's coming out this summer. Was it filmed in Chicago? Uh, Do we know? Uh, yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. When was that? Yeah. Boy, where have you been? How did I miss that? <laughs> they, you know what they usually do to taunt me is uh, they, because um, uh, uh, Vic, I don't know if you know, we have a production company. We do some TV and radio in Chicago, Chicago. But uh, you know what they do to taunt me is they, so a lot of times they they film these movies right in front of my building. So like I'll come out, you know, I'll come out on the street. You know, I'm, I live, I pretty much live the life of a recluse. But uh, but when I actually do go outside and they're filming a movie right in front of my building, you know, a movie that I, you know, obviously would uh, would like to. You'd like to suit up, Bill? I'd like to suit up. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> Who would not want to do that? I don't know if I can see you in the mask. It, no. It's kind of scary. No. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, I can't really do the mask. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so so Christian Bale's Batman in this particular film? Yeah, boy, you're really yeah, not yeah. paying attention to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I must have been in. I, I, now, but didn't they just make that movie? Well, now, they made that movie already with. Uh, with no, it's um, coming out this summer. No, but uh, oh, Heath Ledger. Didn't they already make that movie with Heath Ledger, though? Yeah, that one came out. That was a couple years okay, ago. Okay, so how is this movie going to be different than the one? What's the What's the angle? This what? one picks up eight years after after the last film. And if you recall the ending of the last film, in order to, uh, you know, kind of save Gotham and not have uh, Harry um, uh, Harvey Dent, uh, you know, who is the, the, the prosecutor who was really cleaning sure. up Gotham, he, he ended up going to the dark side because he was driven insane by the death of uh, Rachel Dawes. And, right. and uh, so he, uh, Batman, decided to uh, take the accusation that he killed Harvey Dent, and he's on the run. And when the movie starts, apparently this new film, he's been, uh, it's eight years after that fact, 
Uh, I, and I really don't know a lot of the details of the plot, but that's basically it. And I guess this character, Bane, uh, played by Tom Hardy, uh, yeah. discovers who Batman is and uh, kidnaps Bruce Wayne and tortures him. And, what? Um, okay, wait a second. Okay, well, I'm interested. I'm interested. Not Maybe not so much in the torture part, but I'm interested in the idea that he's been on the run for eight years. So does that mean that Batman has been un, has been non, has not been a poly, uh, so So uh, Bruce Wayne hasn't been on the run. Right. But but Batman is nowhere to be seen in Gotham City for eight years. Is that the idea? No, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the idea. Or, or I mean, I don't know. I, I know that uh, the police won't be cooperating with him. Uh, ah. I don't know how, uh, again, this will all be established in, I'm assuming, the opening five, ten minutes of the movie. Okay. Uh, but The Harvey but, Dent uh, yeah, character, is he dead or is he still around? He's, he's dead. He died? Yeah. Now wait a second. At the end of the movie, didn't he didn't he have like one face that was burned and then the he's, other face? He still died. But he died? he died. Yes. Okay, so he's dead. So he, so we don't have to worry about. It. So okay, I thought maybe that this guy was running amok for eight years. Um, okay, so um, so I guess the question is what? Wow, that'll be interesting to see what Gotham City like. Well, this is the last film of the arc, so it will be very interesting to see how they wrap up. Um, all the plot lines, and really, if they can top themselves. I think it will be very fascinating whether they can overtake uh, Avengers in, at the box office. And uh, do you think there will be any other um, movie surprises this, this summer, or is it basically uh, a uh, Dark Knight uh, Rises, uh, you, know, um, you know, expectations game? Well, I, I'm telling you, I am really looking forward to Ridley Scott's Prometheus. Um, oh, wow. I, that looks, I, I don't know if you guys know anything about that one. Um, tell us. Now, that sounds okay. interesting. Now, that, that's based on the Greek mythology? No, not at all. What, what it is is uh, basically, uh, if, you're, if you know, uh, Ridley Scott uh, was the guy who did first Alien movie. Uh, okay. In, uh, it was the 80s. And, you know, they've had, uh, they, they had the sequel by James Cameron, Aliens, which has got to be my favorite all-time movie just from an entertainment standpoint. And then they did Alien 3 and 4, which were kind of weak. Then they did the horrible Alien versus Predator movies. And so what this is, this is uh, like, I don't know how many, 20 years later, uh, Ridley Scott returning to uh, the Alien mythos, and it's kind of a prequel to the original film. And it's going to explain a lot of the things that were shown in the original film. If you recall that giant, uh, you know, alien space dude they found petrified where they found all the eggs. Yes. Uh, they're going to explain that, and um, it, it looks really amazing. It's got an amazing cast. Uh, the, the trailers look phenomenal, and uh, I, I can't wait to see that one. You know, going back to kind of our original, the beginning of our conversation here with the, you know, the, the, that blurring of the line of, of, uh, of political commentator and comedian, you know, you know, it just occurred to me, you know who really has walked that, has just walked that line so incredibly well for, for, for decades now? And just a brilliant comedian is that uh, Pat Buchanan. <laughs> it's so funny because like whatever whatever you're interviewing him and i've had now i think about it, i've interviewed him on a couple of occasions and it's like you know you're talking to him and you're like so you know you got romney you got obama and then and then he's talking about watergate you know what i mean yeah that's <laughs> that, <funny> that's <laughs> <laughs> but it's just kind of it is kind of funny in a way that he's he always kind of like brings it back to watergate you know that that's his benchmark in his life is watergate yeah. but uh anyway vic i'm telling you brother that that is um I, I'm now I'm looking forward to seeing these movies, I, and um, I'm absolutely looking forward to uh, uh, to when uh, to getting your review of our movie 
the movie that uh, Kelly Truth Squad, the movie. Uh, we're filming this. We've got a uh, we've got a, a very evil villain, uh, Rahm Emanuel. He's uh, he's he's scarier than any of these uh, uh, Gotham villains. He's uh, he's he's just creepy and and and, and yet. And where are we filming this movie? Well, we're, we're fil- we uh, is it in I, progress? Yeah, I didn't oh yeah, really yeah. yeah there are cameras it. all over the city. They're uh, they've been uh, they've been uh, capturing footage. But uh, oh, but, I see. but the bottom line is that the, this Rahm Emanuel, I'm like, he's he's creepy and he's ominous. The stuff that Hollywood mm-hmm. films. Are made of. Yeah, exactly. And um, so, and everybody knows he's a villain. And, uh, you know, that's the thing about like those Batman movies is that you have a villain, you know, like uh, Cobblepot. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. And it's like everybody should be able to just take one look at him and know this is a villain. You know what I mean? Have no fear. The Kelly Truth Squad will be right back after this. I'm President Barack Obama, and I'm here to tell you whatever you do, do not. And let me be clear, do not listen to the Kelly Truth Squad. Now back to the Kelly Truth Squad on the Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly. And I'll tell you something, this has truly been an eventful show, wouldn't you say, Maureen? Oh, absolutely. It's truly eventful, and and uh, it's an honor. And, and I'm looking forward to all the new ways to, uh, to get our messages out to uh, and Truth Squad TV is coming soon to a national cable network. It is. And all that information is at kellytruthsquad.com. But you know what? It's not just about the TV and the radio and the entertainment and the politics, as important as that is, mm-hmm. saving Western Christian civilization. Yeah. I personally think it's important. But, um, but we've got other charities. And uh, the uh, Old St. Pat's Church mm-hmm. is one of my one of my charities, mm-hmm. and uh, I am on their. Uh, I'm running the Chicago Marathon to raise money for Old St. Pat's Church and a number of of uh, of other charity charities that they contribute to, such as their Career Center. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, anyone who would like to support me in this uh, in this effort to raise money for Old St. Pat's Church, please go to active.com. Search Crossroads Runners, the number 12, like 2012, backslash Go Bill Kelly. And please make a contribution today so that we can uh, so that we can support the good work that Old St. Pat's Church does and the variety of, uh, of charities that they support, such as the Career Center, which at the rate the, uh, the economy is going, uh, we uh, will— need all the help they can <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we need all the help we can get. Oh, okay. At the rate this economy is going, we will all be uh, active uh, participants at the Career Center. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's one person who I don't have—I uh, I, I don't think he will ever need to, uh, to go to a Career Center. You know why? Hmm. Because he creates businesses, he creates jobs, and uh, maybe you know, uh, maybe if uh, if he succeeds, then we won't need career centers, right. because there'll be there'll be enough jobs for all of us. And uh, he doesn't just create uh, you know your typical job uh, where for some product that maybe Americans uh, want but don't really need. He creates jobs by doing things that are actually extremely important to all all people all human beings okay he's he's uh, a guy that i just met terrific man uh i call him i consider him a friend already his name is stephen frost stephen are you there yes i am thank you for having me on your show are you kidding me thank you for being on the show dr stephen frost okay you see i'm being a little bit too uh casual here okay dr stephen frost he has a company 
Biomarkers Insights. Okay? He's a biochemist. Oh. Um, and uh, Stephen, I got to be honest with you, that is already way over my head. <laughs> so uh, you tell us a little bit about biomarker uh, insights and, and what exactly is a biomarker? A uh, biomarker, uh, Bill, is, is anything uh, that you can measure in the blood that will give you uh, a diagnostic result, meaning like uh, a typical one that used to be used was like PSA for men for prostate cancer. Okay. Um, at, at one time, it was a really good marker because when it first came out, this thing that was in the blood uh, would detect uh, men that had a real aggressive cancer. And once it was used, it screened out all the men, and then, then it became less effective. But in the beginning, it was a great test, meaning it saved a number of lives. And then currently what happened was all the men that were very high were eventually screened out. And now they're struggling a little bit about how to use the test. And that's where my company will come in in the future, meaning we're trying to look for a new prostate cancer test okay. that would be better than the existing one so that we can treat men at all different stages, meaning identify a person that doesn't have disease, that has a low-grade or not aggressive cancer versus one that has an aggressive prostate cancer. I think this is possible today with the technology that we have, and that's why it's an exciting time. Okay, but uh, Stephen, here, let me just say this. You know, it's interesting because I did hear something on the news about how the existing prostate cancer, there is some kind of a problem with the existing screening process that, that, that they said that, from what I understood, if I understand anything that has to do with science, um, is that uh, they were concerned that, um, that there was some flaw. What is, the, what is the flaw with the current screening process? Um, I think that it's probably not a, a flaw. What I see a lot of, uh, Bill, is that the biochemists and the medical doctors don't always communicate well with each other. Okay. And then what happens is people make mistakes in how they do things. Uh, we used to have something, in hepatitis, we have something called a gray zone, meaning there's an area of indecision, meaning you don't know what to do. So in hepatitis, it's usually like how far advanced are they? Are they starting to create antibodies against hepatitis and they're not infectious or are they still infectious? We call that a gray zone. The doctor doesn't know what to do. What had happened with PSA is something very similar, meaning they started going 4 to 10. The doctors knew that this is a range of indecision, meaning we're not quite sure what to do because the test isn't really designed for that. So okay. What doctors would do is if it's 4 to 10, some doctors would test the prostate for cancer and others would wait another six months. The watchful waiting is more indicative of for this test, meaning if you don't know what it is, you watch to see if the marker keeps going up. After it keeps going up, then you say it's time for a biopsy. So that has been changing over the last five years okay. to more watchful waiting, meaning instead of taking biopsies every time someone is in this 4 to 10 range. Okay. The assay isn't very good at that range as a screen um, in general, and that's why there's been some concern by some people that the test may not be effective in that area anymore as a screen. So you, um, do you have a specific uh, goal of addressing that issue? Correct. Okay. I've been working with a, a small company in, uh, in Winnipeg that had actually come up with a few new markers in uh, urine, which is actually a nice, easy test, meaning you can go in and just get a cup, and then you can test it, and that's an easier screen than taking blood. 
So there had been a paper, even as early as 1989, that showed that there were like three different types of proteins that were found in urine that could be diagnostic. One of them I was working on, it actually created an initial research test. It was called TSP-94. That's just a fancy name for a biomarker. Mm -hmm. So that particular one there is very interesting because we had data that showed that you could separate uh, uh, less aggressive from more aggressive if you use it with TSA. So what TSA needs is another marker to help it out. This is very common in hepatitis. We use seven markers to help us out and diagnose. In cancer, they tend to use one and two, and they're waiting for more. Well, so Steve, the more that we find, the better that we will get. Well, Steve, there first of all, now that will help us do that. Well, Steve, I just want to thank you for doing that. Now, how long do you think it'll take uh, for this uh, this new development that you that you're working on to to take to take effect? It, it all depends on finding a good set of investors right now because the, the ideas are actually very concrete. I've been working with another small company in which they have actually come up with a plan, which is a very solid plan, which I believe in about 14 months from the time we actually start the work, we'll have a validated test that could be used in a hospital. After that, we would then go to the FDA and then say, look, it, this could be used everywhere. So you take little steps first. First you do your research test, then you then you put it in a hospital and then test it out, and then later on you go to the FDA and say, look, it, this thing actually works for everyone. Okay. And if you do it small and steps like that, you can be very successful without having to use a whole lot of money. So how much time, I mean, like how long do you think it's going to take to, to uh, perfect this, uh, this process? I believe it will be 14 months after the time Everything's in place, meaning all the samples are in place and the instruments. It takes a little time to set up a company like that, maybe about six months, and then another 14, so maybe about two years from now, if I get funding. That would be wow. great. Well, you know what? I would like to know. I'd obviously like to learn more about that and other uh, other topics that probably affect my life on a daily basis that I don't need, that I'm totally oblivious to. But um, that's all the time we have right now, Doctor. And and um, I, I'm looking forward to having you back. And and uh, I truly appreciate the time and the work that you do. Thank you very much. I appreciate it here. Doctor have a great day, Chicago. <laughs> you too, brother. Dr. Stephen Frost, uh, Biomarkers Insights. And uh, we will be back with more Kelly Truth Squad after this. And the Truth Squad will continue 24-7 at kellytruthsquad.com. Please check it out. And don't be afraid to engage in a little freedom of speech on the Kelly Truth Squad Facebook page. And follow us on Twitter. And and uh, don't take those rights for granted. No, if you uh, don't stand up for your freedom, you'll lose it. And maybe you already have. You just don't know yet. I'm um, William Kelly, and we do hope that you will join us next time because it is never too early to start tainting the jury pool. <laughs>